Hey everybody, Melissa McKenzie, publisher of The American Spectator here on The Spectacle with co-host senior editor, Scott McKay, who is also the uh, publisher and editor over at thehayride.com and also reviver.com and the best-selling author of Racism, Revenge, and Ruin, The Obama Story, which if you're looking at the Biden administration, it's all about Obama. Look read the book, and then you'll understand what we're actually dealing with. But today we are going to be talking about not Barack Obama and not Joe Biden. We're going to be going to the other coast, talking about Hollywood. Specifically, we're going to talk about Kristen Stewart and her uh, cover on, what was it, Entertainment Weekly? What was it? Rolling Stone. Rolling Stone. I mean, Rolling Rolling Stone. Stone. Rolling Stone, remember the cover that they did of the terrorist kid who was bombed in Boston? So like, you know, Rolling Stone, the really, you know, stellar publication. And if you haven't seen it, Kristen Stewart's cover has her putting her hand down a jockstrap. Now, Kristen Stewart is interesting from the, the, she was, uh, if you don't know who she was, she got her start in a Jodie Foster film, like I think it was called Panic Room. And then she also was Bella in Twilight, the Twilight series with Robert Pattinson, her then boyfriend, who she cheated on with a director later on. But anyway, so, and now she's a lesbian. So there's, she's had quite the personal life arc and um, she, is a beautiful, absolutely beautiful woman, but like many lesbians, for reasons I just don't understand as a straight woman, tries to make herself look ugly. So does this whole, um, butchers, butchers her hair, uh, gives herself a, you know, you know, butch top in the front and then the long hair in the back. I don't know why I've seen girls go from straight to lesbian and they all seem to go through this process of uglification for no other no other um reason i can no other word i can come up with it and yeah we look that one up in the urban dictionary right uglification uglification the uglification of lesbians i don't get it why can't you be a beautiful pretty lesbian i don't get it but apparently there is something uh external that happens when your soul is consumed by stupid. And that is the case with Kristen Stewart. So she has this cover that she's very proud of, just ask her. And, um, you know, Scott and I talked about this before, about how um, this is, her actions and her ugliness implies something greater. It's a symptom of a greater uh, disease, basically in our culture at large. And so Scott, maybe you can talk about that a little bit. Um, what you think is really going on with this purposeful ugliness? Well, um, I think the connection, generally speaking, tends to be between vulgarity and incompetence. Um, and, and you see this, especially in the artistic fields, um, you see it in uh, the music business, absolutely. I think you see it. You see it in art. You see it in architecture. We've mm-hmm. seen it like you see it in movies over and over and over again, and in TV. Pretty much in every artistic endeavor, particularly since 
the way our culture is formatted these days is um, radical egalitarian uh, mm -hmm. would be a, a charitable way to put it is people who don't have talent don't pursue beauty and they don't pursue truth in their art and in in uh, uh, as a replacement for that what they pursue is vulgarity and this Kristen Stewart cover of Rolling Stone and the and the cover story which I actually punished myself enough to read um, <laughs> You actually read that. <laughs> so bad. Anyway, they send this reporter in and she, you know, he goes to her house and the, you know, the whole thing is all about how she, you know, she, they're playing pool and they're lifting weights and they're doing this and they're doing that. And she's basically like a man is her whole thing. Like she acts like a man and she drinks beer like a man and she belches and farts like a man and does the whole, like the whole thing. And it's just, all of it is gross. It's mm -hmm. gross. I mean, this is somebody with millions and millions and millions of dollars, mm -hmm. right? It's not that much that, like, could you act like an adult? And the answer is no. And she's in her, I don't know, mid-30s now or something. Mm -hmm. She's not a kid actor anymore, okay? But she just, she acts like, you know, like, well, I'm basically, a. she's got a movie coming out that's about lesbian kickbox kickboxers or something. And so, in other words, it's basically a male action movie without men mm -hmm. um i'm sure that'll be a hot seller at the box office right mm -hmm. like people can't wait to go see another movie like that um and it's you know but the, the whole point is it's like there's there's nothing much there from a creative standpoint that you would see and appreciate and say okay this is you know like this is the best that we can do mm -hmm. and you know, so what you get is the hand down the jockstrap and the, you know, kind of gross hairdo and the nonstop vulgarity and all the rest of this stuff. Um, and this is just like a little slice because you see this, you know, everywhere. It's, right. you know, gratuitous sex scenes that don't belong uh, in the plot of shows that aren't even really about. Mm -hmm. you know sex or love oh, or can i give you an example of that yeah so go ahead. like so disney had and i had heard that the eternals was just a terrible movie and and because i have boys of this age i i went through the whole marvel universe right like this has been the whole arc i've been to all the movies well my youngest and and i ha had some time to kill when we were i think over in power station now i'm giving details that don't matter but anyway we were over there and had, and I was like, let's go see this movie because I hear it's just terrible and I want to know if it's as bad as everybody says. Because sometimes, you know, you hear like it's that bad and then you're like, no, it can't possibly be that bad. Oh, we went. It was horrendous. Now, mind you, these were supposed to be, this was supposed to be for children. These are, you know, children's and teen movies, you know, kind of tween up, up um, right. movies, you know. And they had shoehorned into this ridiculously plotted movie. I literally wanted, so Icarus was in this movie. I couldn't wait for him to fly into the sun. And I wanted them to take the rest of the people with him. I was so irritated. But anyway, <laughs> the, they had a love scene in the middle of a kid's movie. And it would be one thing if there was like a purpose toward to it, but it was completely gratuitous. And there was, right. I mean, there was just no value. 
And I was, I was thinking back, I remember in college, um, I, got, I dated a guy for a short amount of time and he was an artist, a, a very good artist. And he took the drippings from his art, which was on a canvas on the floor. And we went to a local um, studio to see if they'd represent his art. And they mm -hmm. loved it. No form, no planning, no thought, no nothing. And so you see all of this just junk being right. pervade as somehow artistic and insightful. And one of the other things that we were talking about uh, when we were discussing this yesterday is how um, there's, it's like, if you're cynical, somehow that's artistic. So like, so there's this right. real drive that there can't be really a happy ending to a movie. So like La La Land, which begged for a happy ending, because by the way, it's superficial musical. We're not doing, you know, like, super high emotive art here this is not right. some shakespearean play um and they couldn't give the audience that because that was in the same way with like the barbie movie one of my problems with that is they the way they ended it was just kind of like a cynical mm, she's going to the you know gynecologist because whatever well what could have been a more kind of hopeful ending was going to the gynecologist because she was pregnant because she decided to live a life and um live it fully as a woman but no no right. that could not be the way it is and so like we have this you know cynicism posing as art this kind of superficiality posing as art um and and then the Kristen stewart's of the world who who you know god bless her you know i saw i see twilight every year and uh it's a fun movie and everything but she's not the most emotive of actors and uh keeps getting parts for reasons i really don't understand and right. and does this artsy fartsy stuff because you know she can because she's made all this money portraying a feminine idealized female character <laughs> by the way uh, well, um let me interject this because a long time ago that's probably 10 or 12 years ago i guess um the heritage foundation i don't i don't think they still do these they used to do these resource bank um mm -hmm. meetings all over the country and they did one in new orleans um and uh, one of the things that kind of blew me away was Jeremy Boring, who's now the CEO of the Daily Wire, um, was giving this speech about, and it was, you know, it's kind of a standard thing. Conservatives need to contribute to the culture, you know, and mm -hmm. which made an impact on me. I mean, it's like one of the reasons why I write novels. And oh, by the way, this would be a really perfect time for me to plug the fact that we're serializing the one that I'm writing right now, which is King of the Jungle. And if you go to the American Spectator, spectator.org, uh, and you'll you'll see uh, the King of the Jungle uh, category in there, we've got three episodes of what's going to be 10 uh, in there. And so like, you know, and I, I had been a blogger at that point, but it got me started toward down the road of well, I'm going to do some cultural content, too, because what, what Boring was saying is conservatives have got to get into storytelling. Um, and one of the things that he said is, look, as conservatives, our stories are better. 
our stories have the benefit of truth to them, whereas the left struggles with that because their things are not true. He goes, and there's a ton of people who are on the left in Hollywood and in these artistic pursuits, and they struggle because they don't pursue truth and beauty the way art artists should. Um, and one of the things that he talked about, he said 300, you know, the, the uh, Zack Snyder uh, movie, mm -hmm. um, was you couldn't get a more conservative story than 300, you know. King Leonidas and the and the, the, the three hundred at Thermopylae that held back the whole the whole Persian army and ended up winning the war and all this kind of stuff. He said, you know, so they make this movie and it's a massive, massive box office hit and inspires people. Everybody loves it. All the rest of the stuff basically made Gerald Butler or Gerard Butler a big star, and so on. He said then they made just so they they made the conservative movie, blew the doors off of it. Now you make the sequel and all of the woke stuff has got to come in in the sequel. And they yeah. ruined the sequel. said three, I can't, it was a 300 Rise of an Empire, I think was the name of the sequel. Right. And you went from, you know, uh, the King Leonidas, all of a sudden the villain in the sequel is Eva Green, right? Who's the, who's the, uh, the Persian general who's originally from Greece, Eva Green is like five foot three and a hundred right. pounds. Right. But she's swinging swords around and cutting guys right. in half. Right. and Like it's classic, stupid, woke, mm -hmm. just garbage that destroyed what should have been a tentpole movie series. And like Boring was talking, he says, this is what they always do. He said the original Star Wars was... The like, you know, that's the hero's journey because that right. is a conservative story. It's the quintessential conservative story. He says, you know, the Bible, Jesus is a quintessential right. hero's journey conservative story. He says, right, this is our story. We should tell it over and over and over again. He says, every time Hollywood actually tells this story, they make an enormous amount of money and then they set about ruining that story in this. Um, well, and I, I mean, how, this doesn't completely relate to Kristen Stewart, but what it indicates is mm -hmm. that the people who are attempting to pervert the truth and pervert what's beautiful to make money, but also to message it the way they want, mm -hmm. um, inevitably have to descend into the realm of the vulgar. Right. Right. Uh, to get away from the banality of, of how like stupid the arguments are, mm -hmm. um, you know, when what all anybody wants is the hero's journey. Like this, okay. it really was, if you go back and look at like old Hollywood movies from the forties and fifties, they made the hero's journey all the time. And well. it was usually like super successful because it's what people wanted. They wanted to be inspired when they went to the movie theater. Right. Well, um, the thing is, okay, so let's talk about that for a minute. So, like, yeah. I have been going through films for my sons, right? Like, things, the things, you know, art and music that, and that I want them to know. So, like, before my son went to college, um, I made him watch Gladiator. Mm -hmm. I made him, I made him watch, um, oh, um, What's the one? 
um, oh, it was so good to uh, Gerard Depardieu was the original in this. Um, ah, why am I forgetting it? And uh, sense of uh, pride and prejudice. So certain things where you're watching an actual character arc, you're watching uh, pe people fall in love, bad people become good and worthy of love, you know, all of these things. Like he said, he, you know what he said after watching Gladiator? He's like, mom, and I made him watch 300 too. I saw that in the theaters and all with a bunch of military guys, it turned out. And the military guys all stood up and were clapping at the end of 300. They're like, yeah, you know, and, um, and gladiators, the same thing, you know, it is about a man choosing self-sacrifice and heroism over, you know, transient glory versus the guy who chooses glory, but has no respect because everyone knows that he, he's undeserving. And it was so, it's so beautifully done. And so like, the thing is, is art like this can really make a difference. It can, yeah. it can, you know, Twilight was so successful because even though there wasn't much character development anywhere around, but there was, it was so successful because it told an idealized love story where people chose honor, where they chose delaying gratification, and then ultimately there's a marriage and, you know, very traditional. Well, that is not anything that the people like Kristen Stewart want. And, but it's what everybody hungers for. And so when it, it does happen on screen, I remember the, the, the greatest example of Hollywood trying to yank the morals or do the inversion of it to me was Dead Man Walking. And Susan Sarandon was a, a nun in that. And that was supposed to be an anti-death penalty film. But what I came away from it with was, if the death penalty hadn't existed, this guy would have sold, never would have been saved because he would never had to face the actions. And because he faced death and because he feared what was on the other side, he finally at long last repented at the end. And so it was ultimately a conservative movie because here he was, he had lived a terrible life. He had done right. terrible things and he refused to admit it, refused to give anybody peace for the evil that he had done. And so like, you know, any redemptive story is, you know, going to do well, like Star Wars, like uh, Lord of the Rings, like, like uh, 300, like, gladiator i mean on and on it goes or man versus beast like in um uh what's the shark movie jaws you know so like where these classic um themes i mean there's what there's only the what seven themes in all of you know seven real stories and and constantly and over and over hollywood is trying to subvert that and and that's why they're losing you know, they're well, even doing that, yeah. like in cartoons, they're not giving a, a clear heroes. Well, children respond to a good guy and a bad guy, you know, like, yeah. and they get it. Well, and I mean, and you see this. So I just finished watching this latest uh, true detective thing on HBO. You mentioned Jodie Foster earlier. She's mm -hmm. she's in this, um, you know, and and. The true detective stuff is 
dark, dark, dark. Okay. I mean, like these things are um, generally hard to watch because they really show off a lot of depravity. Mm -hmm. um, the original True Detective was, you know, they had Matthew McConaughey and, and um, Woody Harrelson, and it was uh, like really well done. I mean, it was still hard to watch and it was kind of seedy and gross and everything, but this um you know is like jody foster is this like police chief in this tiny little town in alaska like all the way on the north slope um where it's you know it's dark all day in december yeah. and january and um she teams up with like her old partner who's part eskimo and part hispanic or something and the, the lady who plays her is kind of gross and she's got like 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 piercings like here and here and it's like it's i mean it's difficult to look at her because she's like basically mutilated and um and it's like this i i couldn't even it's like this woke feminist murder mystery story um mm -hmm. and of course there's an evil corporation and there's like the evil scientists and i like eric it's a dog's breakfast of a story. Um, and it's, and it's fundamentally ugly and, and, and vulgar, um, you know, and like, you feel like you have to take a shower after each of the six episodes that you're watching. And, you know, so it finishes Sunday and, you know, like I watched it and I kind of looked around the internet for the reaction to it. And I mean, almost universally it is hated by the people that watched it really and the people that are you know, like you know the, this is the fourth i guess ep, like season of true detective and they're all each season's a different story mm -hmm. but um i mean this one i like it is universally hated and it's and i'm looking it's like you know people are really really tired of this mm -hmm. being what they're subjected to i mean like a, another show i watched last week is is the tourist on netflix and it's about this guy who you know get he's in a car wreck and he doesn't remember who he is and he wakes up in a hospital in the australian outback mm -hmm. um you know and like ultimately he finds out who he is and he's a terrible guy and I, i'm not going to say what happens in case you want to watch it but like again it's everybody is a scumbag mm -hmm. Like th they do this thing where every there's no redeeming characters. Everybody's a scumbag, mm -hmm. um, and uh, and the the fundamental like arc of the plot of the thing dives in the gutter at the end, and you're supposed to come away from this having like I don't know, like to be depressed about the human condition. Mm -hmm. And the thing of it is, is that all of these are poorly done. Shakespeare wrote tragedies. OK, right. that were, uh, you know, that ended really badly. But right. generally speaking, there was something redemptive about that. Right. Because you knew right. that the people that uh, that, you know, the lead character or whatever, who fell to a bad end. All right. Either deserved it in some way or their end reinforced the basic values that, um, you know, hey, don't live your life like this or something right. like that. Right. Um, you know, King Lear being a good example and Macbeth being a good example. Right. Um, you know, and like even in this more recent Breaking Bad, 
okay, which was very Shakespearean, mm-hmm. right? And I mean, you know, Brian Cranston's character, you know, is a very bad guy, but you're along for the ride. And when it starts to go bad, you're kind of okay with the fact that it's like it's going bad. It doesn't make you happy, but you know that, okay, there's, but this is, has to be this way. And so I'm going to stick with it and watch all the way to the end. And it, and it's a, and it's, you know, it's a sad ending, but it's affirming to, right. a, to a degree. It's a brilliantly done show. Right. They don't even try to do that anymore. They just abuse the audience. Mm-hmm. And they, along the way, it's like, well, we're going to show you some sex and we're going to show you some violence because that's all you really care about. Mm-hmm. And I wonder how much of this is um, the film industry trying to attract international audiences. I, I wonder is, how much of it is a, a psyop to discourage. Well, I think some of it is a psyop. And, and I also think the like, American people, because the thing is, is that like, watching this stuff is such an emotional beatdown. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, it's kind of looking like looking at brutalist architecture. It's hideous. It's right. ugly. It's yeah, it makes you feel you. bad about yourself to look at. Right. But I like, I wonder though, like, you know, there, for years and years and years, we keep seeing, well, you know, they, like, they really want to get in the Chinese market. Right. And, you know, I, what, what Chinese programming I've seen is very much like this. It's not really? affirming. Yeah, it's not affirming. It doesn't contain the kind of I haven't seen that... any Chinese uh, movies, so I don't know. No, I think Ch- Chinese Korean. stuff is is blood and guts and fighting. And I mean, mm. it's just like basically, you know, the audience is a bunch of animals. And so we'll just, so, you know, we'll show them a show. Mm. And it doesn't have to actually, you know, reinforce anything other than, you know, the government is good. Mm-hmm. They generally get around to the government is good. But I wonder if maybe that, you know, if it's not one more kind of example of, you know, almost foreign influence in the storytelling that comes out of Hollywood. Maybe. Um, and it's, but it comes back to this same theme, right? It's like, we'll, we'll descend into the gutter because we don't want to make the effort to give you a story that, fulfills you know that affirms your values or fulfills that hole in your soul that you were looking to film uh fill when you sat down to watch our show right it's just um some of this nihilistic Mm -hmm. ugly mentality that just seems to over and over and over again show itself with all of these movies and tv shows and so i mean there are exceptions i saw the boys in a boat last week and it was awesome i would highly recommend it i mean awesome okay so you ha- i contrasted it immediately with chariots of fire because the setting was the exact same olympics as the chariots of fire one and chariots of fire is well it's, it's a perfect uh, movie boys and the boat is the 1936 olympics so right uh yes it, it, it was in germany yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah so it's so, a little after yeah yeah so it's great um and so like i would watch that and then the dune series and i have read all of the dune books all the way to the next end month. yes next, next month. month very excited Finally. and yeah. so there you have what beautiful cinematography beautiful story and if you know the story and how it ends and what happens 
this hero's journey is happening oh, yeah. in this, oh, yeah. in this. And um, Denis, um, is it Villanueva? Um, Villanueva, yeah. Yeah, um, he is doing a masterful job and there's rumors that he's also going to be doing Dune Messiah. And um, yeah, I'm totally hip for that. So like there are cer certain things being done that are being done well. I mean, I thought that his other movie Arrival was amazing. So like, mm -hmm. um, you know, if you're, if you're seeking it, you can find it. And the crazy thing for me is, is that, it, it, but on the opposite end of that was like The Whale, which was just a horrendous movie. I can't I even. I, I watched, tried. I watched I the whole it. thing. It was such, but it was, um, I was like, the main character is the villain here. Like, this is, this is the story. We're supposed to feel sorry for this person, but again, nihilism and, you know, you're hoping for death to take everybody in this movie. You know, it's yeah. just that kind of a thing. So yeah. I, the market really re doesn't respond well to what Hollywood is putting out and what Kristen Stewart is putting out. So she and her little narcissistic, you know, um, lesbian bubble feels great about what she's doing. But really the ugliness is apparent to everyone. And it's not, um, it, it's not edgy anymore. It's not, it's not cool anymore. No. There's nothing fresh or interesting about this. It's just crass and kind of gross and banal at the, yeah. you know, and boring. And so, well, like, it's, you know, it's like, you're going to celebrate low standards and it's like, right. Well, I can see that everywhere. Right. Why do I have to go to the movie theater to see it? Mm -hmm. Right. You're supposed to be an escape from the the nasty and banal and the and the, you know, slimy people everywhere. Like, you know, we're, we, we want to have an escape from that. And Hollywood was always supposed to be that. And so, no, we're, we're, we're real. And it's like nobody's paying for real. Well, the thing Dummy. is, it's not real because in well, the real world, there are happy endings. And in the real world, there is hope. And in the real world, there is beauty and there is moments of um, salvation and even in the darkest times. So like, I think that it's, they talk about this realism, but it's not real at all. And, yeah. you know, and for those people out there who have been, who have gone through terrible things and there's lots of people who have endured, you know, whatever in their life that it's just a human condition but there's always moments of grace and um and hollywood can't find those moments of grace anymore and um or in certain cases and people like uh kristen stewart um is not it doesn't see that moments of great see those moments of grace instead it's all ugliness and I think it is a manifestation of an inner, uh, of inner demons. Let's just put it yeah. that way. And, and um, it, it's too bad. But for those who are seeking the good and seeking, you know, positive stories, they're out there. And I, I would say this too, like for parents, especially 
curating the kind of messages that you give to your children in the sea of this depravity is so important because what they're seeing on TikTok and what they're seeing on social media, and I just, you know, I mean, there's horror stories out there, what, what kids are being exposed to. And so you as a parent have to be proactive and purposefully introduce these good stories so that, um, so that they, um, their, their cultural references are framed by the positive, you know, uh, GK Jesterton talked about, um, fairy tales and magic and how important it is for children to be exposed to these stories, um, because magic is actually what's real. And, and I don't mean magic in the Hogwarts sense. I mean, the mystical type of thing and put having children lighting up their imaginations and seeing the above instead of being focused on the gutter. Yeah. And so, so like, you know, and maybe we should do this, Scott, as a, as a, um, just as an exercise, come up with a list of movies to make sure that you're, we've done this with books. I did this mm -hmm. with books a couple of years ago. So if you're ever, so for the parents and grandparents out there, if you're wondering like what books to get your kids, if you're a subscriber to the American Spectator, there is a page on our site where you can find books for every age divided down. Um, and we sh maybe we should be doing this for um, movies too. Movies and TV shows. Movies and TV shows, because there is good um, art out there, even from Hollywood. And there are great lessons to be learned. Um, and, it, you know, um, why well, I'm so annoyed right now because I cannot remember the movie. It was it, um, Steve Martin did it as a funny modern version of Roxanne. Um, oh, no, no, no. Uh, well, the movie is, the story is Cyrano de Bergerac. Cyrano de Bergerac. Okay. Roxanne is the name of the Steve Martin. Right, is the name, but Cyrano de Bergerac, the one, um, the most recent one, um, I loved it. It's just absolutely beautiful. Um, but anyway, that's another example of you know, kind of high art, um, mm -hmm. in in movies that you know the um, it, it, it's a love story, and mm -hmm. it's a tragedy, and mm -hmm. but it's beautiful, and it teaches you a lot. So like, yeah. you know, going through these movies and there's some really, really good stuff. So I've been doing this with my kids. Like I've done this with music. I've done this with books and I've done this now with movies making sure, and you can tailor it a little bit because uh, boys and girls are a little different and, you know, parent, you know, sit down with your boys and watch Reacher with them. Something where the, the superhero guy is standing for what's right and willing to blast through a wall to do the right thing you know like superhero it's good we want our young men to be to have um to dream of being a hero i mean if they end up being fathers husbands and fathers and working let's hope that they have heroic tendencies because that's what it takes to be a father in this day and age and so like yeah. we have to think about how we're raising our boys so Kristen Stewart doesn't get the last word in the culture. Um, you know. Yeah, thank parents, God for that. Thank God for that. But she is a symbol. So thank you, Scott, for your insight. 
And uh, thank you all for listening. And we will, um, you can like and subscribe. If you subscribe, you're helping to support other conservative writers and our Young Writers Program. So please do that by, by Scott's book. And come to our website and see uh, his serialized fiction book. Uh, conservatives are in the artistic realm and doing great, making great contributions. And I love this book. Like, and I'm not just saying that. I would just kind of pretend it what didn't exist if I thought it stunk. <laughs> but I have read through, and it's fantastic, and it's a fun read. And Melissa's a big fan of King of the Jungle. And Melissa knows what I she's am. talking about. So she's a big fan, and you should read it because you'll be a big fan, too. You will be. Yeah, it's great. All right, well, thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll see you next time.